This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Do you know the difference between warp drive and impulse power? Do you have an opinion over which design of the USS Enterprise was the best? Do you remember when Klingons didn't have ridges on their foreheads? If you answered yes to those questions, then chances are you're a Star Trek fan. I would like to invite you to listen to my new podcast, The Prime Direction. For 50 years, Star Trek has been affecting people from all walks of life, teaching life lessons and changing the lives of people all over the world. The Prime Direction is the story of those fans. On every episode, I'll sit down with a lifelong fan of Star Trek and trace their fandom back to the very beginning. We'll talk about their favorite characters, the toys they played with, and what their favorite series is. But more importantly, we'll talk about how the show has made their life better. So join me on The Prime Direction on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, as well as our website at CosmicPotato.com. And if you'd like to be on the show, just send me an email at mail at CosmicPotato.com, and we'll arrange a time for you to tell me about your prime direction. In a world without a single unified voice, humanity has been left searching for answers to the unknown. Now, one podcast has the power to change that and to spread its voice across the earth for all mankind to hear. Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. You don't see her online? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah, she probably, does. she probably went to sleep. Let me, let, me, let me send her, did you send her a text? No, I don't have, well, I don't have her number. Let me, let me try to send her a text really fast. Okay. Hey, are you awake? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> That's good enough for me. We're calling you now. Alright. We'll give that a couple of minutes. Yeah. Um, I actually have seen more movies probably in the last um, two or three months than I probably have in the last like four or five months. I've seen a pretty, I've seen a pretty good bit in the over over the summer. You know, I've seen all the all the big ones and you know a few of the ones that weren't as big. Now that we've got this drive-in here in town, you know, it's a lot easier. It's a lot cheaper and a lot easier to get to see some stuff. And stuff get stuff goes to the dollar theater a lot quicker than it used to too. You know, that's true. There's stuff that it comes out in in you know, June and by August it's already in the dollar theater, you know, so I went to see, I went to see sausage party and I walked out on it. (laughs) I'll talk, I'll talk talk about that on the show. (laughs) All right. So she just messaged back. She said, whoops, almost forgot. I'll be online in a second. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Cool. What happened to me? You know, here's what's funny. Here's what's weird about living in the future. Uh, I checked her online presence. I checked Facebook. Uh, I sent her a text. And it did not occur to me until just now that I could actually just call her. (laughs) (laughs) And say, hey. There's, yeah, there's (laughs) there's jokes that go around online that, uh, um, 
somebody's cell phone starts ringing and they look at it and like, why is it making that noise? What, what is happening? Why? It's like, oh, oh, you're getting a call. I didn't know it could do that. <laughs> yeah, there was some, and I think this is true, but it could be an urban legend. I'm pretty sure it's true, actually. Uh, but, you know, like some teenager, like, or, or, or tween, this is years ago, like, uh, fell in a well or got trapped in a cave or something and instead of using their phone to call for help they just updated their status <laughs> say hey someone's <laughs> someone's in help oh wow yeah i've actually i've been i gotta i gotta really think because i've been consuming a fair amount of uh between like actual movies and netflix and amazon have you seen the new um the Amazon version of the Tick that's out now. I did see it. Yeah, yeah. I watched like it like a week. Ago. Did you like it? Um, I liked it. I feel like I guess I should. That's it's probably better to say I liked what I saw so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it was only like half an hour, right? Like I, I feel like I, I didn't I didn't see enough of it to really judge. You know, I'm, I'm still I'm still kind of wary, but so far. It's okay. Um, I think my only kind of complaint, uh, it's not even really a complaint. It's just uh, the, the actual tick looks older yeah. than I thought he, he should. And I can't remember if you can see his eyes or not, but I, I, I'm definitely a fan of just like the white, um, for him. Like I, I think it kind of helps with the whole, I'm not sure if he's human or not that I always kind of liked about the tick. Yeah. I, you really don't know what his deal is. Like, is that his suit? Is that, does he actually have antenna? I think it's, um, it seems like the show's trying to take itself more serious. And like the, the tick seems like it, he's the only really comical character. All the rest of them seem like they're in a, a different kind of show than what he was I in. I think, I think I'm okay with that. That's almost like, it, it just kind of depends on, like right now, they're okay. How they're doing it, um, because we haven't really seen any other. I mean, we've seen like people, I guess, who are unusually strong, but we haven't really seen any other superheroes or supervillains. Yeah. So we don't really know how they behave if they're like on his ridiculous level or not. And I'm and I'm fine either way, but it's it's you know. They've, they've got a it's 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 kind of trickier to pull it off, I guess. Yeah. If he's the only one, or but but I think it would also be better if he was. All right, she got she says she's logging on on the Facebook message. I was trying to pull up 2016 in film and try and recall which ones I've actually seen. Let me. Oh, you know, I can just I can just look at my Netflix queue and see <laughs> what have you been watching. <laughs> Most of my Netflix and Hulu watching recently has been Star Trek Deep Space Nine and uh Private Practice. <laughs> depending on <laughs> depending on which one of us has controlled the television at the time. <laughs> of course. But yeah, she's in there watching private practice now, so <laughs> I think Hi Chan is here. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I'm here. Hello. Hey. Hi. Long time no talk. What's shaking, girlfriend? <laughs> um, 
Not much is shaking. <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> That's probably the best answer. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm here all week. Did we wake you? No, I was like, I was actually about to go to sleep. <laughs> but I remember, I lied. Actually, John texted me and I was like, oh, I forgot. But yay. <laughs> yeah, I, I apologize for, uh, uh, you know, having a, a, a crappy schedule. No, nah, I yeah. mean, it's not a problem. To, like like I said, again. tomorrow's Labor Day, so I'm off. I don't have to get up until around 9 and... All we're gonna do is go swimming, so I'm not. It's not a big deal. So. I think it's funny that you still have a crappy schedule even after leaving <laughs> the, the the workplace where you had the worst schedule. So it's it's to be fair, it is not as bad as it was. Yeah, it is. It is significantly less crappy. Yeah, he told me when yeah. he le- he told me when he left that job. I, I thought, you know, okay, well, we're gonna start recording during the week or something. And then the next time, I said, "So are you ready to record?" And he said, "Yeah, I'm available uh, anytime after uh, ten o'clock my time." And I'm like, "I can't stay up that late. I've got to go to work." <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, it's it's yeah. As a, as a topic for another time. Yeah, I mean it's not a problem. We, we work around it. It's no big deal. But let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and, and start the show. So we interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast, or as we're calling this episode, Cosmic Potato After Dark. (laughs) It's uh, Labor Day weekend, and uh, as we were just talking about in order to accommodate John's work schedule, and the fact that I'm going to be out of town next weekend, we're recording this at 12.30am on Monday morning. But uh, (laughs) I wanted to get uh, something recorded before my school schedule got too intense so here we are and i've got a couple of the usual suspects first of all sitting across the virtual table from me is john irons how are you sir i do well how do you do i'm i'm great and it's always good to welcome back our friend from the millennial falcon podcast miss hi chan welcome back to the hi. show <laughs> thanks for having me back hey no problem um this is going to be one of our non-topic really episodes and what i mean by that is that we're not going to do a roundtable themed episode like we sometimes do instead we're going to talk about some of the stuff happening in the news uh we'll talk about some movies and tv shows we've been watching some of the stuff that might that we're looking forward to that's coming up this fall but i thought we would try to play a game we haven't done that in a while and Mm -hmm. this is one that we haven't played before I'm not sure how it's going to go. We're going to give it a shot. <laughs> but uh, this game is called Pass or Play. And I'm going to give you the rules in just a minute. But first, I'm going to ask Hai Chen to give me a number between 20 and 60. Uh, 49. Okay. 
and give me the you know what I need my phone hold on just a second this is very intriguing yeah. yes, I, he's, he's, he's doing a great job yeah mm-hmm. like, I was like do I get to pick a number I want to pick mm-hmm. a did she win already damn it I think I won I think that's it. That's the game right there. I, have, I think you lost. I, have, I, think I don't know what you guys were saying, but <laughs> <laughs> I need the time. I need the timer that's on my phone, and I and I left it in the other room. Let me pull the uh, timer up. Of course, I'm going to be doing some editing on this, but let me pull my timer up. Yeah, I'm sure there. I'm sure there's uh, just a a timer website. Oh yeah, but I don't want to look for well, it. Only so, that. Yeah. Um, Okay. All right. So 49. And also, Hai Chan, give me um, the name of a current actor or actress that has a wide body of work. In other words, not Adam Baldwin or somebody like that. <laughs> somebody that's got a lot of stuff out there. Um, Julianne Moore. Okay. Okay. So, John, you're going to go first. Okay. How many Julianne Moore movies can you name in 49 <laughs> seconds? Uh, like one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sitting here thinking. Like, I don't. She's one of those people. She knows people like I know who she is, and I like I know her when I see her, and I like her. I'm, I'm sitting like I'm sitting here thinking. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I could name any either. Hi, Chan. Pick somebody else. <laughs> All right. Okay. Fine. Um. Uh. Jeff Goldblum. Of course. <laughs> All right. All right, so what I'll do is I'll start the timer. I'll give you 49 seconds, and you name as many uh, Jeff Goldblum movies as you as you can. The object the object would be to say uh, I can name three, and then I would say, well, I can name four, and then you would decide if you want to pass or play. Oh, so you want to do it that way? This, this is this is this is like geek out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> If I can name any, I I say I could probably name four. If you want to pass or if you want to play, okay. For the record, HT should not be involved in this game. (laughs) (laughs) In this this particular round, given her, um, you know, within the confines of the law obsession with Jeff Goldblum. Her, her love for Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, the, it can be between you and me. I think that's fair. Okay. All right. Um, I can name, I'm going to guess that I could probably name six. Okay. We, we're not, uh, do sequels count? Yeah. Oh yeah. Any movie. And I'm going to, okay. I'm going to say play cause there's no way I can, I can not off the top of my head. I can't come up with six. <laughs> so I'll let you do it. So let me start the timer, and I'll give you forty nine seconds, and we'll see yeah, if you I got about that forty nine second part. Yeah, let me I'm let me hit start. Pretty sure I screwed myself. And right. when I when I say go, that's when you start. Okay, ready, set, go. The Fly, Jurassic Park, uh, Trigger Happy, Earth Girls Are Easy, um, Independence Day. Independence Day two, <laughs> Independence Day two. Hey, you got well, I me. Mean, whatever that. That's six. That's six. You did it in fourteen seconds. 
Congratulations. Oh, great. <laughs> that was six. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say the lost world. You didn't say the lost world, but. Oh, well, that was going to be my next thing. That was going to be my next <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, uh, so now you, uh, come up with, yeah, come person. up with a person and come up with a time. It's got to be between 20 seconds and, and a minute. Cause I, uh, it's got to take, okay. I mean, I'm sure it takes at least. I will give, I will give you 30 seconds. Um, this is only this is only actors we're doing. Yeah, act, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I'll give you thirty seconds. How many? What's a good one? Ooh, Denzel Washington movies. Can you name? Hmm. Is this a game for me or no? It's for- <laughs> this is this is for the two of you. Okay. You two can find it out. I'm gonna uh, s- I'm gonna say I can probably name five. Yeah, I'm not that. I don't think I can name that many. Okay, so you want me to do it? Okay, so who's got? Okay, how many seconds do I have, John? You have thirty seconds. Okay, let me hit the. Uh... All right, when I say go, that means that I've hit the timer. Okay. Uh, one, <laughs> two, three, go. All right. Uh, I know the, the equalizer. How many did I say I was going to name? Five. Five. Okay, the Equalizer, uh, Glory, Malcolm X, the Hurricane, and man, I got ten seconds left. Uh, flight. All right, good. got it. <laughs> when you said man, I thought you were gonna say man on fire. I was like, oh yeah, that was a good one. No. <laughs> man on fire was like my main Denzel Washington movie. That was the first movie I saw him in, and I was like, oh. Yeah, it, it made me emotional. I remember the part where Dakota Fanning cried over his body. He was sad. I was sitting Spoiler. there. I was sitting there, kind of thinking, <laughs> what was the one that he played in where um, his son needed a heart transplant? Oh, um, it was. And he was taking the doctor's John hostage. Q? Yeah, John Q. Yeah, that was a good movie. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna come up with a. Uh, We'll do one more round. I'm going to come up with a time, and I'm going to come up with an actor, and I'll give it to High Chan. But if, uh, but then if uh, if she wants to pass it to you, let's see. Um, I mean, I feel like we should make but do what? Because <laughs> I did one and you did one. Yeah, make, like make her do it. Hi. <laughs> it's um. But but you know what? Here's but to be fair, how about you? You pick the person and we'll pick the time. Okay. No, pick a person. I want it to be a challenge. Okay, let me pick a person. All right. Um, <laughs> trying to help you here. Yeah, I'm trying not to go. I'm not, I don't want to go too far back. You can go far back. I don't care. Okay, uh, Julia Roberts. Okay. And I'll, can... and how much time, how much time you want to give her, John? Uh, we'll give her forty seconds. Okay, hold All on. Right. Hold on just a second. Let me pull up Julia Roberts uh IMDb page so I can <laughs> cuz I don't know if I can name that many. <laughs> Let's see. Uh I think I could probably do I'll try for 6. Okay. I'm going to say 6. I think 6 is 6 is good. Okay. So you want to you want to let her do it? Um Sure. Ooh, she's got a lot of movies. Yeah, I know. I was, th- I, yeah. was, I, was I was thinking I should I should like 
make her, I should like raise her up to like eight, but no. But you feel like you can do eight? Uh, how would I name as many as I can? <laughs> In four seconds. That seems I'm good with that. Okay. Let me pull my timer up. Hold on just a second. Let me. There might be a lot of blank space in this episode, by the way. Just be being like, uh. <laughs> All right. Ooh, on your post. mark, get set, go. Pretty woman, Notting Hill, uh, my best friend's wedding, um, runaway bride, two Richard Gere movies, uh, Larry Hill. Is that the one with with uh, Tom Hanks? Larry King? No, not Larry King. I think it was something like Larry Hill or something. I know what you're talking about. Um, oh, it's, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I don't want to say it. I mean, it's Larry Crown, but go ahead. Larry Crown. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. yeah. There you go. Larry ha- Larry Crown. Um, Mother's Day. Um, let's see. That's six. Um, I can probably think of more. What else? You got like five seconds left. Dramas. You made it to six, oh, though. Um, um, yeah. I, oh, that Aaron Brockovich. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking Aaron, Bro- Aaron Brockovich, uh, Pelican Brief. Mm. All right, cool. August, Osage County, Mirror, Mirror. Oh, that was. Didn't Mystic look good. Pizza, was that her? Yes. Yes. That was like her first movie or something. Yeah, it was early on, yeah. I made my way through a lot of her rom-com repertoire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, most of, most of her films, I think, are rom-coms and a couple of thrillers yeah. thrown in there, but, okay. Now. I wanted to, uh, I, yeah, I wanted to do, we haven't played a game in a while, so I wanted to throw that in there and I wanted to try that one out. I've heard it played on a couple other podcasts and wanted to see how it would work out. I think we got some bugs to work out before the next time we play it. But, <laughs> 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 You have, some, you have some sort of like buzzer sound or something. Yeah. Like a countdown. Yeah. We, we, don't have a, we don't have a timer ready to go. Yeah. Well, I just break out my geek out, man. I'm telling you. Totally do that over the phone. Yeah. Well, I mean, my plan is one day we're going to do a couple episodes that are nothing but just us playing some games. You know, like we did, Rick and I, when we went to the uh, convention here in Birmingham, we hosted a Jeopardy game, so I'd like to play Jeopardy on the show, you know, and because you know it was a lot of fun. I think we'd have fun doing it here, but we'll do that in the future. But um, first topic for tonight, of course, Gene Wilder passed away this past Monday, and now by the time this episode is released, it'll be old news because it'll be next Saturday before I release this episode. But I wanted us to have an opportunity to kind of pay a tribute to him. My generation was probably first introduced to Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka because we used to have a movie day when it was raining or something during the winter at school and they'd set up a big screen in the gym and we'd watch movies all day. And I remember that being one of the ones that we would watch. And of course, some parts of that film were terrifying. <laughs> the, the boat ride, I remember giving me the creeps, but I, I especially love the part. There's a line in that movie that has stuck with me. My whole life, and it's when uh, he's having all of the all of the people uh, lick the wallpaper, and he says, mm-hmm. "You know, the the strawberries taste like strawberries, the snozberries taste like snozberries," and the little girl Veruca Salt uh, says, "Snozberries? Who ever heard of snozberries?" And he just grabs her face and says, "We are the music makers. We are the dreamer of dreams." 
and that's all. <laughs> and then just turns around and walks off. So, but that line has stuck with me my whole life. And of course, um, the older I got, you know, Gene Wilder is one of these actors that has such a wide range in his body of work that he has a very famous kids movie, but he also did some really raunchy eighties comedies with Richard Pryor that I loved. And, uh, my love of classic movies has brought me to, to watching uh, young Frankenstein and things like that. So, um, what do you, what do you guys remember about Gene Wilder? Hi, Chan. Um, so I also was introduced to Gene Wilder through Willy Wonka. I had, um, the VHS of Willy Wonka growing up as a kid and I would watch it over and over again. And it also traumatized me too. Like the boat scene, <laughs> yeah. um, where he was, uh, what was he reciting? He was just reciting some sort of poem. Some, yeah. Yeah. And like it just get, it kept getting more and more psychedelic. And I was like, uh, traumatized as a little five year old kid. Um, but yeah, it was, it's one of my, it was one of my favorite movies growing up and definitely Gene Wilder passing away was like, really like losing one of my childhood heroes. Um, but I hadn't seen a lot of his other movies cause they're a little bit too, um, yeah, raunchy and inappropriate for me as a kid. Yeah. But I did see young Frankenstein once, which I caught like late on late night TV and it was hysterical of course. So I, yeah, I haven't seen a lot of his other movies, but Willy Wonka will always be his defining movie for me. They were inappropriate for me too, but <laughs> it was one of those things that you'd have uh, friends, spending the night and you're flipping through the channels late at like two o'clock in the morning and you hit showtime and hey that's that guy from Willy Wonka and it's like hear no evil see no evil and the f word every other word and stuff like that like whoa (laughs) John what do you think about what did you think about uh, Gene Wilder yeah uh, same so Willy Wonka was my first introduction um at least that I remember. It's possible I may have seen bits of Blazing Saddles and just not really gotten, yeah. gotten it. Um, but yeah, like Willy Wonka was the first movie that, you know, there's some movies that like no matter where you come into it, if you flip it through the channels and it's on, you got to watch it till the end. Willy Wonka was that first movie like that for me. Um, and yes, also Scary Boat Scene. Um, but it, there was so much random humorous chaos. Um, like I loved, I loved everything about that movie. Um, because I knew that there was a lot of it that I didn't understand, Mm -hmm. but I could still appreciate it because I knew that (laughs) you guys may not have noticed. It's kind of how my, how I live my life. I make a lot of jokes (laughs) and, it's not irrelevant if other people get the joke or not, but it's, it's not the most, it's not the most important thing. Like <laughs> as long as I get the joke, that's, that's I'm good with that. And, I, and that's kind of how like Willy Wonka lived his life. I think at least the, you know, the, his portrayal of Willy Wonka. I think most, um, most kids now probably know him as the face on a bunch of snarky memes that wind up on Facebook and Twitter a thousand times a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and yeah, young Frankenstein blazing saddles, um, were probably the next two, like in, in the, in the pantheon for me. And a lot of the, the, and then like, then the, like the Richard Pryor comedies probably after that. Um, 
but yeah, you're right. Like it was, it was, you know, he was one of those actors. He made those movies that even Willy Wonka, you could watch over and over and over again. And, um, you know, in some cases, because you just weren't old enough to understand <laughs> the dirty jokes or the references. Yeah. Uh, but in some cases it's just like, Oh, that line has two meanings. Oh, that's deeper than I thought it was. I thought it was just a joke, but he's actually saying this. Um, so yeah, he was, he was really good at, um, you know, the making movies that you could just really enjoy, um, you know, for years. Steven Spielberg, um, said last year that he was going to try and get him to come out of retirement to do the voice of the giant in the BFG. Of course that didn't, mm. that didn't happen, but, uh, <laughs> It was it, it. It would have been cool if it if it had happened because the BFG was based on a Roald Dahl uh, book, just like Willy Wonka was. Right. But you know he had he had Alzheimer's and he was probably he may have been too far gone by then anyway. But I think the last real acting role that he did was a uh, an episode of Will and Grace back in the mid two thousands, something like that. But, yeah. But yeah, he's he died at eighty three last Monday, so. I just wanted to take a, a minute to uh, give him a tribute on the show. So, Gene Wilder. And I want to give us an opportunity to talk about uh, any movies or TV shows that we've gotten to watch recently that have that we haven't really talked about on the show because they didn't fit in with our topics. And uh, one that I wanted to mention, I watched last night with my wife. We watched Central Intelligence with uh, Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart. <laughs> and uh, if you've seen the preview, then you know what this is. It's jo- Johnson and Hart, they played two guys that went to high school together. Uh, Johnson was picked on. He was a fat kid, and Hart was voted most likely to succeed. But Johnson comes back 20 years later, and he's like this CIA agent. And it's just it's a stupid buddy comedy, you know, uh, buddy cop kind of movie and it, it doesn't pretend to be anything else it was really good i thought that it was maybe about 15 minutes too long i think that there could have been some some stuff at the beginning they could have trimmed a little bit but overall i think it was a good i, I i'm not gonna say that something that you that you have to see oh my god you've got to see this movie it's just you know if if it's available you know watch it you'll probably like it have either one of you guys seen it i have not okay yeah, I do have a question. Okay, go ahead. Um, is he is he Dwayne Johnson now? Do we not do we not call him The Rock? I don't even think they put The Rock in the ti- in the titles of his movies He's anymore. He's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Does he does he still put The Rock in there? I I don't know. I think sometimes. Yeah. He's he's becoming more of an actor now. You know, he was on. Um, he was listed by Forbes as the highest paid actor of 2015. Yeah, I saw that. That's. And I think Central pro- Intelligence had lots to do with it. That really surprised me because he, I mean, Dwayne Johnson is a good actor. In, I mean, in, in my opinion, he's a good actor, but he's not a great actor. You know what I mean? Um, there's a lot of actors out there that you would think that would be the A-list above him. Like you would think Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise or somebody like that would be getting. Yeah, but they weren't in any movies in 2015. Uh, At least Brad Pitt was. True. Uh, but if you, if you see Dwayne, the rock Johnson's IMDb list of her 2015, he worked a lot. Yeah. And a lot of them were blockbusters like San Andreas fast seven. 
the one the latest fast movie. Yeah. So a lot of blockbusters and movies that just kind of like did well. And he kind of he worked a lot. He had like seven movies or something in 2015. Did anybody go see San Andreas? I watched San Andreas. Apparently, I, people did. I watched I watched it when it was on um, on demand or something. That movie is horrible. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a big action piece and everything, but it there's just so much of it that doesn't make sense. Isn't he like isn't he like a like a rescue worker? But he like takes a helicopter and just goes after like his one person (laughs) yeah yeah he's he's like a rescue helicopter guy or something like that and he he takes the helicopter to go find his wife or his ex-wife and his daughter and uh but it's one of those ensemble kind of movies yeah it's one of those ensemble kind of movies where they're and he's not the only part of the movie there's other stuff going on with other characters and things but yeah, there's just so much of it that didn't make sense because the chances of him actually finding his daughter where he found her <laughs> is just so minuscule. And yet there, you know, there she is. But I don't, I don't want that. That's not the movie I meant to talk about. But yeah, you brought that up. <laughs> that movie just didn't make sense to me, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, we know the best uh, disaster movie ever is the day after tomorrow. Which I will rewatch over and over again because it's amazing. <laughs> Instant classic. Day after tomorrow. Not Sharknado. Uh, Sharknado. The, the, the Fourth Awakens. <laughs> nope. Day after I, I, tomorrow, starring Jake Gyllenhaal oh, yeah. and Andy Rossum. No, does Independence Day not count as a disaster movie? Can we, are we not counting monster attacks? Or oh just, yeah, I guess. So, but like natural it, disaster it, 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 movies. Natural disaster movie. Uh, huh. Ooh, um, it wasn't good per se. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't air quote good, uh, but it was a huge hit, and it was kind of a, a good like little time capsule of of uh when it came out it was um oh armageddon oh yeah yeah uh, that disaster that, right? that well the year it came out it was huge yeah it, yeah it was, it was huge <laughs> i meant i meant the media striking not the movie itself <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was it was entertaining enough it, it you know you had the job done. that was in the 90s we were having uh we would have like warring disaster movies like the year that armageddon came out the Deep movie, Impact. the movie uh, Deep Impact came out the same year, and then uh, there was another year. Where Tommy Lee Jones made a movie called Volcano. Pierce Brosnan made a movie called Dante's Peak, which was about a volcano, and they, you know, they came out in the same summer. That happened a lot, and then there would be like a TV miniseries that would kind of play off of the same. You know, they, there was a TV movie called Asteroid that came out the same summer. You know, so yeah, by that time the the Cold War had kind of ended. And we were pretty sure that the Russians weren't going to blow us up. <laughs> uh, we had to, like, you know, so <laughs> so studios had to figure out what was going to destroy us instead. Yep. Um, the, another movie that I saw recently, and it's another buddy cop movie, but it was uh, The Nice Guys. With uh, Oh, I love The Nice Guys. Yeah, that was a great movie. Ru- uh, Russell Crowe and... Um, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, Ryan Gosling. Directed by Shane Black, who yeah. was behind the underrated classic 
Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, um, also very similar, oh. another neo-noir. And also, he also wrote, um, oh, what buddy comedy movie did he write? Lethal Weapon. Yeah, and it reminded me a lot of Lethal Weapon. It, w- it was a lot of, uh, it takes place in the 70s, but it had a lot of the 80s cops, uh, 80s cop movie feel to it, like 48 Hours and Lethal Weapon, where the comedy and the action were equal parts, but the story didn't suffer from it. And uh, it it had a really good, intriguing mystery going with it. Russell Crowe looked like he had, and it looked like he put on thirty pounds to play <laughs> to play this uh, private investigator that's kind of barely keeping it together. And you know, Ryan Gosling is really funny in it too. And uh, they're both they're looking for this girl that kind of leads them to uncovering this big conspiracy. And it, it's a it's a really good movie. But, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's great and. I'm sad that I didn't get more attention at the box office because I thought it was like one of the funniest movies of this year too. I laughed all the way through. Yeah. And I didn't expect it to be, I mean, I knew it was quote unquote comedy, but I didn't know that it was going to be like more comedy than anything else. It was more comedy than it was, uh, action, I guess there's a lot of action mm-hmm. in it, but the, but the, but there was more comedy in it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But, um, hi, Chan. A uh, couple of movies or TV shows that you uh, haven't got a chance to talk talk about on the show. Mm, I actually haven't watched a movie in a while, at least in theaters. Um, the most recent movie I watched was probably The Little Prince on Netflix. Um, very good, by the way. Uh, I don't know if it lives up to the repute of the original book, which I think is also like me building it up in my head because I love the the book when I was a kid. I like grew up with it and it was like a big formative part of my childhood. So, uh, watching the movie probably had a lot of expectations on it. Um, and it was actually, it was pretty good. Like the animation was gorgeous. They had kind of two parallel storylines, one with like the story of the little prince that was being told by, um, this, the pilot who was the narrator of the story to this young girl who's kind of like stuck, um, in her mom's very like rigid schedule and trying to succeed academically, but is in the process kind of like sacrificing and losing her childhood innocence and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So the the original story that the that the movie made, like that the, they created for the film to like lengthen out to be a full full length movie, was about was the was about the little girl and it was pretty weak at some point. So like it was the weakest part of the movies, but it still held its own and it kind of it helped get the message across about from the little prince about um, just appreciating life as it is and not having to think about the end goal as much as the journey there. So it was a really beautiful movie, beautiful message, uh, gorgeous animation, which again, like they had like the different animation between each two stories. So like the one for the little prince, the animation for that was like more um, stop motion. Uh, whereas the one for the little girl was, uh, more traditional CGI. So yeah, I recommend. Um, what else have I seen lately? I think the last movie I saw in movie in theaters was Suicide Squad, which is kind of sad. That was not a good movie. Um, yeah, let me think. I don't know. Summer's been busy. Uh, I mean, if I talk about Stranger Things, which I'm sure we're going to talk about later, that's the big show on my mind right now. I mean, we. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've got it on the list to talk about. We can talk about it now if you want to. Yeah. Oh, I've also been watching Mr. Robot, which has kind of been disappointing me this season too. 
um, it's a little bit too isolating in terms of like how it's treating its protagonist, which makes sense in like what they're going for, but it's not as gripping as the first season one. It just feels like they're trying to torture you as as much as they can, like mentally and emotionally. So that's, um, that's what I look for in my TV shows. Exactly, <laughs> it's just make like, you feel not, horrible. It is. It's not. It's not fun to watch. Like sometimes the first season of Mr. Robot felt very like anxiety inducing, but you were very invested in the characters and where they were going. But here it's just like I don't even want to know anymore. They're just all so miserable. So yeah. Yeah, I, That's I, I, I watched. Thinking. I watched the first season. I haven't gotten around to. I'm just. I've kind of been letting them compile on my DVR, and I guess I'll binge watch it eventually. And it might be better to binge watch because, like, watching it from week to week, the second season, I feel like it's not really meant to do that. It all, and honestly, just feels like a very. Yeah, it, feel, it feels like it'd be better on in one viewing rather than like waiting for each episode. Mm-hmm. It might move faster. Anyways, yeah, those are my things. I've been slacking on my pop culture, apparently. <laughs> John, what have you been watching? Um, the last movie I saw in the theater was uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, mm. and I cannot recommend it highly enough. It was great. Um, it was um, it was much. I was expecting, I guess, a level of sophistication because. Um, uh, who's it? Uh, Leica is that the name of the production company who does the stop motion films that did uh, Coraline? Um, so yeah. like I know I, I was expecting, you know, not like a, you know a movie for children, but also not necessarily like for little kids. Um, and that's and that's what I got. I would I would say this movie is you know is a solid PG. Um, you know, for for scary action, not because of you know, um, like bad language or anything. Um, but yeah, like this, this you know, the the action was good, the jokes were funny, and um, obviously it was beautifully animated. There's that, like that was one of I think maybe twice in my life have I seen a movie and been like, yeah, I probably should have seen that one in 3D. Because 3D is usually kind of a ripoff. Yeah, um, I might I might see that again, and I might see it in 3D. Um, I, I can I can see how um, that would add to the experience. Um, so yeah, that was the last movie I saw in the theater. Um, I think before that was probably Star Trek Beyond and like Finding Dory, um, all of which I enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah, um, I keep hearing all these stories of uh, of uh, reports of the films that have come out this summer that haven't been that great and all that kind of stuff. There's been some really good movies that have come out this summer. I mean, there's- well, financially, the blockbusters this summer have been more of a disappointment than they have been successes. The, I think that's like what the reports are coming from. The problem with that's, I feel like that's. I mean, I understand. That is a way to judge a movie success, but I feel like that being the only judge is dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, obviously there are, there are good movies that aren't going to be big hits, and there are bad movies that are going to be huge hits. You know, I don't know how much movie the how much money the last Transformers movie made, but you know, it was a lot. 
And I think it was every, technically. I think it was a buttload. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> a buttload of money. So. One one point seven buttloads yeah. of money. <laughs> uh, but and like you know, you'd be hard pressed to find someone who would say that was a good movie, even if they saw it. Like <laughs> you know, so you know, judging. You know what? I'm just gonna get off my soapbox. You guys are with me, right? Well, the the, the problem is, I've I've, I've heard talk about this on other podcasts and stuff the problem is that we've gotten to a point where almost every movie that comes out in the summer is considered to be a blockbuster you know we're saying oh that's going to be a blockbuster that's going to be a blockbuster you know when when blockbusters quote unquote started there was only one or two of them in the summer we didn't expect we didn't expect every movie that came out every weekend to (laughs) to break records you know that's And when you start expecting that, and of course, there's going to be a lot of them that are going to fail because. Well, I've actually, I've actually also ranted against this before, but it's not just like the financial expectations for movies, but what the executives are investing in them. So, like, there have been fewer and fewer mid-budget movies, and most of them are either like really high-budget movies that they're putting tons of money in for either CGI or big action sets, or like a franchise or something. Or it's a really low budget movie for like the indie movie circuit, and there's no in between. So we're not seeing like any more. Like the Nice Guys was a mid budget movie, but because it didn't do well financially, their like executives are like, oh, I guess we can't really invest in mid budget movies anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's why we've seen like fewer rom coms as well, and just like more variety of movies that aren't like block like that aren't superheroes or sequels or some sort of action or natural disaster movie. So it's like it's become sort of like a systemic thing rather than just like, oh, well, like these are the box office numbers, yeah, which is also part of the system as well. Yeah, and they've got it's the they've, system. <laughs> they've got to make these movies. They've got, they've <laughs> got to make these uh, these huge movies because if they don't make the these big action piece movies with lots of special effects, then people aren't going to come out. You know, there's because there's so much we we've gotten into like a another golden age of television. There's there's so much that we can watch at home, and we've got Netflix and Hulu and on demand, Google Play, all this you know, Amazon, and you know AMC is making a lot of great stuff, and FX is making some stuff, and there's more and more reasons to not go to the theater. So people think that if uh, you know, okay, Star Trek Beyond. That's a movie I want to see in the theater, you know. So they'll go and see something big like that, but then something a little smaller like Nice Guys, and I'll wait for that to come out on DVD, you know, something yeah. like that. So, to be fair, I'm that guy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know I mean, I'm, you know, it's it's because you know me going to, I mean, like you know, we talk about my work schedule, you know, obviously I've got kids, like me going to the movies. Especially to go see a movie that, like, you know, is not a family film. Like, that's like, like, I got a plan. Yeah. <laughs> I like, plan it in. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like an investment. I can't be like, you know, I don't think I want to go. No, there's no, I need to know, like, days in advance, at least. And a lot of stuff, it, like, you know, I will say, oh, that looks good. I'll wait for that to come out. You know, that looks good, but it's not the effort to go to the movie is good. It's, you know, as soon as it comes out on video, I'll rent it. Like, 
which to me is, <laughs> I feel like I'm still helping them out. You know what I'm saying? I could, hey, I could just wait for cable, man. Yeah. <laughs> you need to be grateful that I'm going to shell out the five ninety nine to order it. I could, I could red box you, man. I could, I could dollar fifty nine it, man. Because if it comes out on cable, I'm just going to record it on my DVR and fast forward through the commercials. Yeah. <laughs> but now I did see, um, I did see one movie uh, recently, that, and I never get up and walk out of a movie. You know, um, but I, I can predict which movie this is. <laughs> it's, it's Sausage Party. I, yeah. I, I thank God I only paid a dollar fifty to see it. You know, it was it, it was at the dollar fifty theater. We had gone. Uh, my wife and my daughter were going to see something. I had no interest in watching. I can't even remember what it is now. So I was like, "Well, I'll just go watch Sausage Party." I saw the trailer for that and it looked funny. You know, so I went to see that. And about forty minutes in, I get up and leave because. One thing that gets on my nerves today, and it's not just in movies, I've been noticing it a lot on Facebook and, and Twitter and stuff, is when people do things that cause controversy just to get attention. You know, um, mm-hmm. that's, that's what this movie is. It's a, it's a giant attention seeker. And I'm not talking about the cursing and the sex jokes, you know, uh, I knew it was rated R. I know what Seth Rogen brings to the table. But this movie is the most racist piece of trash I've ever seen. <laughs> and I, I know that all the racial jokes were just put in there to offend people and be edgy. And and I think that's a stupid reason to do stuff like this. So if you don't know what the movie is, it's a cartoon with Seth Rogen. It's got Jonah Hill in it and some other folks. And it's about food in a grocery store. And some examples of the racial humor are that... Um, the liquor bottles are all portrayed as Native Americans. And the, wow. the same liquor uh, makes a comment that he used to be on the best aisle in the store until the crackers took it over. The German sausage sings a song about wanting to exterminate the juice. You know, a lot of stuff like that. It, and, and it's not all racist. There's a, there was a comment where, like, the, the Twinkies are characterized as being gay, and they, and they call them Twink. You know, stuff like that. But it, I kind of, I was reminded of this today. I I didn't even, when I was making my notes for the show, I didn't even think about it until I saw um, Christina, my cousin that comes on the show every so often. She's at Dragon Con right now. And she put a picture on Facebook today of a man and a woman at the convention that are dressed as the World Trade Center, complete with Oof. complete with flames made of paper. One wow. one week before the fifteenth anniversary of nine eleven, you know, and, wow. and, and and this is what I mean, you know, people do things like this just to get people to point and 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 give them attention and give them their fifteen minutes or whatever. And I've I've been on the fence with Seth Rogen for a while because I really don't feel like his movies are getting any better. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't feel like he's trying to grow as an actor. I think he's just, he's just, he just keeps making stuff and relying on the same humor. He's just there for a, a paycheck. And I think Sausage Party did it. I think I'm done with Seth Rogen. <laughs> Jonah Hill, I'm still on the fence with because, you know, he did make Wolf of Wall Street. I think he was good in that, but at least every once in a while he tries to act, but Seth Rogen doesn't. He's just, I'm still baffled by the fact that Jonah Hill gets 
Oscar nominations for basically playing the same character <laughs> that isn't even that much of a deviation from a super bad character. Like, True. I just, I don't understand. Or who he seems to be just as a person. Yeah. yeah. Or, or he seems, he seems so to be in real life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it baffles me. It's not even like it's a personality like Christoph Waltz is that I would be like, I'm down with him winning an Oscar for playing himself. I like it. But <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand. I think I think Le- Leonardo DiCaprio a- probably had a lot to do with that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, he has a very good agent and he picks he picks good projects. Yeah. And he doesn't he's not a bad actor. So, you know. Yeah, like yeah. I said, he, the, the what differentiates him from Seth Rogen is that Seth Rogen doesn't try. You know, it's just every movie that he comes out with. He made one movie. He made the movie 50-50 with um Yeah, that was good. What's his name? Um, jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph yeah. Gordon-Levitt. He mm-hmm. he was good I'm in actually that. Based, uh, Seth Rogen co-wrote it, I think, too, because it was based on his friends' experiences. So yeah, yeah, but mm-hmm. Seth, but I mean, technically, Seth Rogen's character in that in that is a lot like his character in a lot of other movies. You know, mm-hmm. just kind of toned down a little bit, but everything else well, he's say, in. But he's not really he's 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 not really the star of that movie either. Yeah, true. You know, he's, he's, you know. That may be the problem. Maybe he needs to stop starring in movies. <laughs> he needs to just be the, you know, he needs to do what Paul Giamatti does and just be the the partner. Wacky type. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No one wants the Paul Giamatti though. <laughs> At all. I mean, <laughs> it's like people. I don't know if he, anyone really idolizes Paul Giamatti. And it's like, that's what I want to do. I want to be like the Paul Giamatti of movies. I want to be like the skeezy no manager in every music biopic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let me go back to my list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, have you guys got anything else you wanted to bring up before we, I wanted to talk about some of the stuff coming up this fall. It, but if you got anything else. I've got a, I've got a couple. Okay, go ahead. Uh, mostly like things I've been um, streaming. Um, I started to watch The Little Prince, um, but I think I had to go. What I saw, I only saw like the first ten minutes, um, so I'll, I'll definitely get back to it. But yeah, I liked what I saw. Um, we were in New York uh, last week, like for a couple of days. And so, you know, for part of the day, I'm, I'm in the hotel room with the kids. And um, so I watched, you know, it's hotel cable, so yeah. I don't have my full range of channels. Uh, so basically, you find PBS and Cartoon Network, and you kind of bounce, you know, with what they'll, they can live with. <laughs> so I watched several episodes of um, Steven Universe, which I'd never seen. Um, and I watched several episodes of um, The Amazing World of Gumball, which I'd never seen. I, I knew of both of them. I was familiar with them. And I was like, yeah, I, I, you know, we'll see. I'll, I'll get around to them. And Gumball was hilarious. And Steven Universe was good. The, the, like the two or three episodes I saw were good and surprisingly deep and heartfelt. I'm like, okay, I need to catch up on Steven Universe. That's fine. So, you know, we come back and, like, I'm streaming Steven Universe on Hulu. And I'm like, I don't like this kid. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you seen the show? I haven't, no. 
I heard it's quite good. It's not bad. <laughs> like the like like I said, the episodes that I saw um were really good. And I guess it has to get to that point. And it's not like the episodes not like the early episodes aren't good, but the kid himself, I got problems with this kid. He's just, he's he's very brave, but he's very stupid. And that's not necessarily a downfall for a character for me, but it doesn't make me, you know, if everyone warns you not to do a thing and then you do it, that you bravely save the day from the crisis you created doesn't win you a lot of points for me. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that's kind of the plot of every episode of Steven Universe. So I may quit on that. Uh, let's see. Defiance was a show on Sci-Fi Channel that um, I watched the first season and a half of um, and never came back to it. But they're all on um, on Amazon Prime now, three seasons. And I think that it was canceled after that. And that, that show was actually really good. Um, it has... It kind of dips up and down a little bit during... Um, like over the course of the season, but it never gets to be bad. It's just some are, are better. And uh, I feel I feel like um, they really kind of found their footing, and it's a really good show. So if you have Amazon Prime, they're all free, and I assume they're all on you know demand or DVD or whatever. But it's it's a it's a good it's a good sci-fi show. Um, that and. My wife has been streaming the show called Wentworth, which uh, Netflix recommended. My my good buddy Netflix, um, who I've known for about the past you know twelve fifteen years. Is that a pr- that's a prison back. show, right? It's a prison show, yeah. Um, and it's um, Australian. It's an Australian show, and you know, kind of read it. Okay, it's like the Australian version of Orange Is the New Black, and it is not a comedy <laughs> it is not funny uh you know i never <laughs> i never saw oz but i get the sense like you know if orange is the new black and oz had a baby <laughs> and then the baby got drunk and ran somebody over and went to jail it would be the show <laughs> um good show good show but you know prepare yourself okay uh, I th- <laughs> oh, and I and I also uh, saw the live action version, the l- latest live action version of the Jungle Book, and uh, oh yeah, I was I've seen that. I, I loved it. It was really good. Yeah, yeah, I like that as well. HC, did you see that one? I did not. <gasps> um, yeah, aren't you actually obligated to see all Disney movies? You know, I kind of am because I love Disney to the bottom of my heart. Well, I never, I never got around to watching it. I don't know. I was also not a huge fan of like the, the Disney Jungle Book when I was a kid, so maybe that has something to do with it. But I heard good things about Jungle Book, so it was good. It was good. Um, like I said, it's on, it's on demand. I don't know if it's, uh, well, it's on demand, so you should demand it. I will pirate it. Uh, <laughs> people. She just this admitted to that. About. She just admitted you, to that on live podcast. 
Well, is it like you just went <laughs> off about like you know how the money market so they don't make the mid budget movies? See that? I, I almost... gotta hit the system. <laughs> that's why you've got any of your money. That's why you've got um, you've got Simon Pegg at the beginning of Star Trek Beyond saying thank you for coming to the movies, <laughs> thanking people for not pirating their movie. <laughs> no, well, my, like my thing is, my thing is, my brother is an actor, so I know like you know, like that's just money that he doesn't see. If if like you know, if he does a movie and and you know, like the profits are just taken then he doesn't I mean not like he's getting a you know a cut at the gate or anything but it's, you know right anyway that's that's that, that's why I personally uh, don't do it no all, this, it, all the free streaming sites I used to use are like full of ads now so I've stopped because everything's on Netflix yep yeah, right. I'm, I, I'll, I'll admit that I used I used to pirate movies a lot. I don't do it anymore. I still use the um, I still use the torrent sites, but mostly to download TV shows that I missed when they came on. <laughs> but it's right. but That's it's all saying. it's all stuff that you know is on my cable package anyway. I just right forgot to download right. it. I'm not, I'm not like holier than thou. Like I, it's not like I never go to like a free site. But yeah, it's the same kind of thing. Like I would, I would go to see, um, like if I missed an episode of uh, what did I used to do that with? Um, I don't know. It, it, it would be like before Hulu was really Hulu. Yeah, and like you know, it, it would it would be like this week's episode or last week's episode, um, and I just didn't record it. Like I would go to a site like that and I would watch it, or or something like that's on Canadian TV. That's like because the Sci-Fi Channel will get a lot of shows from 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 Canada, mm-hmm. and so it might not be like available here, but it'd be on a Canadian website. So stuff like that I would do, yeah. but I, I, I you know not not movies. Yeah, the last thing I did that with was uh, me and my wife were watching. Shameless, which is a TV show that comes on uh, Showtime, and the first four seasons were on Netflix. Not now, I have Showtime, but it's not on right now. Um, and the first four seasons were on uh, Netflix, and we watched all four of those. Now, there's two more seasons that weren't on Netflix, so I downloaded those so we could catch up before the new season starts in the fall. Because it was something that I had ne- I had actually never heard of it before, and then we started watching it one night, and I really, really got into it. But um, I wanted to well before we uh, talk about stuff that's coming up this fall, which I mean we may run out of time before we get to it, but I wanted to talk about uh, Stranger Things a little bit because they announced uh, this week. Well, I mean we already knew there was going to be a season two, but they actually released like a little teaser trailer for season two and uh so i wanted to talk about the show a little bit we talked about it a little bit a couple weeks ago um back when scott madison was on the show but john and i both said that we weren't going to go into detail with it until high chan was back because we know that she's a big uh a big fan of the show so (laughs) so uh stranger things is kind of this horror suspense thriller show that takes place during an unidentified year in the 80s 
which the trailer for the new season says 19 is straight, straight up says 1984. Wait, I thought it was the it said, did say the year in the first episode. I think it did. Did it? Yeah. Okay, I thought it yeah. was supposed it to may be. May have. I, I could be wrong. I think it did too. I thought it was and supposed to be ambiguous. And you can kind of tell too by like the movie references, like like if like part one of something would be out, but part two isn't out yet. Mm-hmm. Like you can kind of, and the songs that they're playing, you can kind of, you can probably narrow it down. Yeah, I was getting a 1983-84 feeling, but the, yeah. but I think they've it, it's decided now it was a, it was supposed to be 1983. But the the plot, as I mentioned uh, previously, is that there's a group of these bicycle riding D and D playing <laughs> kids that, uh, and one of them goes missing one night, and immediately a mysterious girl with the extra, with extraordinary powers shows up and the mystery is to find out where she's from, find out where their friend went. It's got monsters, government experiments, telekinesis, you know, all the good stuff. So it's oh, my favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good show for just about anybody, but people that really grew up in the eighties or if they like eighties nostalgia kind of stuff, they're going to get the most out of it. And uh, what I mean by that is my, my daughter really liked the show and I recommended it to my dad because he really likes that kind of stuff. But neither one of them are going to get out of it what I got out of it because the mid eighties is just not, not in their wheelhouse. But I'm a child of the eighties by saying that. I mean that I was born in the late seventies. So I would have, I, I would have been the age of the kids on this show when it, Actually, in like eighty seven or eighty eight, but the, but the show spoke to me. It's like the the writers watched every movie that I loved as a kid, and they made a movie about those. <laughs> you know, when I, that's probably exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, and I had a, a friend spend the night, or I spent the night at their house, we'd always uh, rent a, a scary movie from the video store. And when the opening title of the show would come up. When the opening t- title of this show came up with the synth music, and you know, it, it carried me right back to the feeling. That I had watching all those cheesy uh, B horror movies that are so filled with synth music and stuff like that. So, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I know you want to say something. No, no, I was going to say I, I think that's you know a big reason why the show was such a hit. I mean, uh, you know, it's not the only alien show on. It's not the only mystery show on. It is the you know it's that it's all wrapped in this. You know, beautifully, uh, <laughs> um, scented marker love letter of the eighties. Um, that just, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful like packaging to, to deliver this story. And, and it's not just that it's set in the eighties. It's like you said, it's the music, it's the opening. It's, you know, it's everything about, those shows and those movies and they're and, but you know it's instead it, does, it doesn't have the you know the crappy guy in the rubber suit it's actually got special effects right you know yeah yeah it's actually got you know it, along with its you know <laughs> with its with its cheesy 80s dialogue it's like it's like they 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 hit every note perfectly you know, because like when it's well written, it's well written, and when the lines are cheesy, you're like, okay, well that's how they wrote it in the eighties. You know, like <laughs> they they can do no wrong, so they, they've set a very high bar for themselves for season two. Um, I think it's really interesting, actually. Like, 
I really enjoyed it also for the 80s uh, genre homages because I watched a lot of those um, in my kind of self-movie education. And I really enjoyed, for example, e- watching E.T. and all the Steven Spielberg kids movies as a kid, like E.T., Goonies. My my parents were like kids of the 80s as well, so they like basically gave me VHSs and DVDs of all their favorite movies that they had growing up. So I watched a lot of those, um, and I really enjoyed all like the homages to um, those kind of films in Stranger Things. But I liked that at the same time; it didn't feel like it was just like rattling off like reference after reference, which yeah. I feel like a lot of like '80s reboots and nostalgia vehicles are these days. I hate that. I yeah, hate it. I didn't feel like it was pandering in any way, but it felt like it was truly just like it felt like it was almost transcending like that eightiesness in a way. It was just like bringing it to the modern times. And like, I wanted to, to actually point out that I, I would like say that I was really interesting that a lot of people who are enjoying stranger things are people who aren't really aware of eighties culture at all too. Like it is very cross generational show. Mm-hmm. Like I have a lot of um, cousins who don't really know much about eighties movies. Like I watched it. I made my, my cousin Vivian watch it and she, I had no idea who Winona Ryder is. And I was like, oh, yeah, she was in Heather's. She was in um, uh, Edward Scissorhands. And she's like, I don't know those movies. And then, like... Welcome to our world, HD. <laughs> 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 oh, no. But, yeah, like, at the same time, like, she really enjoyed the show. And she, like, just finished it. I was texting her just now, actually. Um, she just finished it. And she, like, uh, she was like, I need to watch it again. And I really like that Stranger Things at the same time as being, like, this huge love letter to the 80s isn't completely, like drowning in its 80s-ness, you know? It's not completely just, like, involved in that. Yeah. It's it's a good original story on its own, and I think that's why it's so popular. And just, like, the characters are just so good. I, yeah, I the characters are great. I would die for them. And the show, the show <laughs> has uh, the show has layers. You know, the, mm-hmm. the first layer is, like, the title card and the episode titles. You know, the show title is written in the same font that a lot of Stephen King books used on their covers, which immediately gives a, gives a nod that there's going to be some King-esque things happening. And, and I think that, uh, Stand By Me had a huge influence on the show, which, which of course was based on a story by Stephen King called The Body. And then the episode titles are all written in Dungeons and Dragons format, you know, in the, in the font mm-hmm. that they use on those. And I, I like that touch. And then, and then there's the fact that, all of the characters on the show are in different kinds of movies. You know, the, 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 the kids, yeah. the, the four kids on, or three kids on the bikes and, and the girl are obviously in an eighties adventure story like ET, the Goonies, Stand By Me with a little bit of fire starter thrown in there. Um, David Harbour plays the town sheriff. Winona Ryder plays the missing kids mom and they're kind of in a government conspiracy story. Which was another big genre in the eighties, and then the older kids are in a monster movie, slasher movie, you know, yeah, the final girl movie, yeah, with some some coming coming of age stuff thrown in there, you know. So the the Duffer Brothers, yeah, the Duffer Brothers kind of created this show like it's a cake, and it's got a lot of ingredients, and they have to be measured just perfect, and if you have too much sugar and not enough flour, then your cake's going to fall apart. And I think that this was put together just right, which kind of goes to show you that if you take your time put something together meticulously that you can you can get it right if, instead of when you just rush to get something out there and one of the 
one of the things that I liked was that there wasn't really any hype to this. I didn't even know that it was coming. It just yeah, it I just was, appeared one day, you know. But I was gonna say that same thing. Like one of the the reasons um, that I think it was, I mean, it literally came out of nowhere. You know, I didn't see any commercials for it. You know, and I watch a lot of Netflix, but there was no you know coming soon. Like I know. You know, uh, I know all about all the Marvel stuff that's coming, you know, two years from now. Yeah. I know about, um, you know, various other shows that have been on and like other stuff. But this, you know, Netflix was like, hey, you should watch this. Yeah. And I, I never heard of it. Netflix original. Okay, fine. Um, but I think that's part of it, too. It also, by kind of releasing it that way, um, you know, it had, you said it had all these kind of. You know, these various 80 movies, um, touchdowns. Well, it, it also kind of had the, the, the cult hit, you know, because like you said, like, you know, you, you rent the movie from the video store and that was how you knew about it. It wasn't that you saw a commercial for it. It wasn't that you heard about it on the radio. It was your friend saying, Hey, have you seen this movie? You should check this movie out. Right. Yeah. And school world's it, word of mouth. Right. The word of mouth, you know, this kind of underground, um, you know, campaign. And Netflix kind of did that on its own, which I, you know, which again fits in with that whole, you know, the way it was in the 80s. Yeah, and they announced uh, season two and they said that it would be about the same characters. I was kind of thinking that they were going to do like an anthology series, but it looks like they're just, they're going to go back to the same town and have the same characters. I was kind of thinking maybe. Maybe use the same sheriff, but have him investigating a different case, you know, or something like that. But I, any way that they go with it, you know, I'll check it out and see. Yeah, what I was they're do kind of. It. I was initially hoping that it would be an anthology series because one of my fa- my favorite parts of the first season was that it was such a tight, um, well structured story. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't really have it had some like loose ends and stuff like that, but it didn't really have any like outliers or anything. Um, and I thought the whole structure lent itself very well to an anthology series. And because it's based on like homage and like the eighties-ness of it, of it all, I felt like doing a straight sequel would feel like just a retread essentially of the first season. So I kind of like hopes they wouldn't go with a sequel, but I can understand because the characters are just so good that they just want to stick around with them. Yeah. I um, completely disagree with both of you. Uh, yeah i I love the characters i I do feel like um the writing is good enough that you can extend the story obviously at the end um you know they left clues as to you know well this isn't completely tied up and this isn't completely tied up um and i feel like you know continuing those storylines and adding, you know, because if you boil it down, as far as the sci-fi aspect of it, you know, there's real, there's there's two things, you know, there's the girl, there's the monster, and I guess if you want to say three, there's, you know, the way the monster got here, let's say. So, you know, as as far as, you know, sci-fi elements. You know, they did a really good job of, of stretching out that storyline. And the monster's not complicated. It's just a monster. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I feel like, you know, 
in the hands of the of the right writers, um, you could easily take one other monster thing or one other sci-fi thing, um, you know, and do it well enough to to do another eight episodes. And that and that's another thing that I thought that was really smart that they did. That it wasn't just a movie; it wasn't a two-hour movie, and it wasn't you know a twelve-episode season. You know, I felt like eight episodes was like you know the perfect amount. You know, it was just like it was, like a, it was basically it was a miniseries, um, and I felt like if it was longer than that, it you know it would have done the inevitable thing that a lot of shows, especially sci-fi shows, do, which is well, you get a couple of filler episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, where you follow, you know, this, you know, third tier character around through their day and, oh, no, I've lost my mail and how am I going to check down my mail or whatever, you know, until you get back to the main plot. <laughs> right. And I, <laughs> I feel like, you know, eight episodes is, was, you know, just, was just tight enough. And I and I think that that format, if they do it again in the second season, um, could be just as successful. Yeah. Um, before we go. I was, I mean, I was going to talk about some of the stuff that's coming up this fall. I just, really the only ones that I really wanted to mention were, um, I'm a sci-fi fantasy horror fan, so I don't think it's going to be a big surprise to anybody as to this kind of stuff that I'm actually looking forward to. But you know, we know about, we know about Luke Cage, um, coming to Netflix and they're coming out with a, a TV version of Frequency this fall. That looks like it might be interesting. I think frequency, like from the is that the Dennis Quaid movie? Yeah, yeah, that movie. Uh, you know, there's a lot of TV shows now that are being made from films from ten, twenty years ago. Uh, if it's done right and it's original, I don't really have a problem with it. You know, I kind of questioned making Fargo into a TV series, but now that's one of my favorite shows. So yeah, but there was also the Ferris Bueller TV show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, remember that don't go back that far <laughs> yeah, but, but, yeah but 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 recently you know some of the the stuff that they've come out with has been a lot better and and they're not rush hour <coughs> sorry i didn't you know i didn't even watch that so i don't <laughs> i don't know it, it it just depends like i said if it's if they do like an original take on it like fargo is not a remake of the movie. You know, they're doing something different with it. It just has the same, the same feel that the movie had. You know, it's the same writers and same, the same, uh, guys that made Fargo make the TV show, but I'm going to give Frequency a chance, but it, that's one of my favorite time travel movies of all time because it's the time travel movie that nobody tap, travels in time in. You know, it's, uh, if you've never seen the movie, it stars, uh, Jim, Caviezel, if I'm saying his name right, and um, yeah, yeah he um, he plays a guy that finds out that he can talk to his his father, who died years ago. And oh my gosh, his father. Go ahead. I remember seeing this movie. Yeah. Sorry, I, this is like I never when you said frequency, like I had never heard yeah. of this movie. But then you're describing the plot. I remember watching this as a kid. Yeah, his father wow, was, was could, played by Dennis Quaid, and I could never pinpoint what this movie was called frequency, until now. Frequency, yeah. He uh, oh he talks to his dad uh, thirty years in the past through a, a ham radio that the signal is bouncing off um, the uh, Northern Lights. There's some kind of a thing going on in the atmosphere where the northern lights are able to be seen way further south than they're 
supposed to, and it's causing the the ham radio signal to travel back in time and stuff. And and so he uh, he tells his father that he's his father's a fireman. You know, he tells his father, "You're going to die in this fire. You've got to do this." You know, so his father does it and he survives. But by doing that, they changed history so that his mother actually ends up being the victim of a serial killer that never got caught from back in those days. So that's what, I mean, that's what the movie is about. And, uh, butterfly effect kind of thing. Yeah. And it's a really good movie. It's one, like I said, it's one of my favorite, uh, time travel movies, but the TV show, they're making some changes. The lead role is going to be a female, which I don't have a problem with that. I'm just wondering if they're doing a, a remake of the movie or if they're doing an original story that just kind of uses the same premise. But, um, I'm looking forward to, at least seeing the pilot and see what they do with it. And, and, um, and also I saw the trailer today for lethal weapon. And when I heard that they were making a TV show of lethal weapon, I was like, Oh, it's going to be so stupid. I saw the trailer today and it didn't look bad. You know, it's got Damon Wayans playing Murtaugh and, uh, no! Oh wait, sorry. Damon Wayans. Okay, he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think I say? Marlon Wayans? <laughs> Sean Wayans? Any other Wayans, yeah. basically. And Clayne Crawford. <laughs> Clayne Crawford is playing Riggs, and Clayne Crawford uh, was born right up the road here from where I live in Clay, Alabama. So, and then of course they make they got a TV show of MacGyver coming out that I I don't I doubt that makes it very far. It's got Lucas Till that played Havoc in the X Men movies. God, that looks so terrible. Just yeah. like seeing the posters, it just looks awful. <laughs> yeah, I. Flop. I was a huge fan of MacGyver. Yeah, and I, I love MacGyver when I was a kid. I'm just we t- and I talked about this on a another episode a little bit. I'm afraid that they're going to go a little more high tech than what the original series was. I'm afraid that MacGyver is going to use his phone all the time to get out of jams and stuff like that. But we'll see. See, I don't, I'm I'm not so much worried that that he'll do that. I'm more worried that it'll be, you know, like tongue in cheek, like it'll be making fun of my guy. It's like, oh, MacGruber. Well, I gotta, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, basically, it'll be MacGruber. And I was like, about to say it'll be like MacGruber, but yeah, on a TV budget, so it's even worse. <laughs> yes. Um. Ugh. Then you got the uh, the Crown, which is a new show for the. The Downton Abbey audience. It's about the life of uh, Queen Elizabeth II, and uh, you know we'll see how that goes. My wife was really into Downton Abbey, so I'm sure I'll I'll be watching that. <laughs> and uh, Westworld. Westworld looks good. Uh, Westworld looks good. Yeah, J.J. Abrams based on a Michael Crichton story. I'm looking forward to that. And I also saw the trailer today for um, the Exor- the Exorcist. Have you seen the trailer for that? Gina Davis. No. It looks like it's going to be pretty good too. If you like The Exorcist, I it, probably won't watch that because I've never seen The Exorcist and I don't like horror. Yeah, well, I, it's um, it looks like it's going to be a straight up remake of the movie, but you know, drawn out to be a twelve or sixteen episode series or whatever. So, like I said, you know, they can they can make a trailer look good for anything. But, but so we'll see, you know, that's, uh, that's pretty much all I've got. Unless you guys have anything else that you wanted to, the, the only other thing that I wanted to bring up was that, um, 
the, of course, the CW is bringing back all the DC shows, including Supergirl and, and, and Flash and all that. They're, they're going to have a Supergirl Flash crossover episode that's a musical. I don't know if you guys have heard about that at all, but, um, yeah. When I heard mm-hmm. about it, I made a comment on Facebook and I said, I could get behind it if Joss and Zach Whedon are behind it. And then I found out the next day that they are going to be behind it. And so, really, yeah. So nice. I'm looking, so now I'm looking forward to it. Cause you know, they're the guys that did uh, Dr. Horrible sing along blog a few years ago. So, and, and, and the rumor is that the story's villain will be the music meister who was created for an episode of, uh, Batman, the brave and the bold a, a while back. And he was voiced by da 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 Neil Patrick Harris. So, Huh. If Neil Patrick Harris showed up in the musical episode, I think that would be that would be pretty cool. So, and all of the cast members of The Flash and Supergirl can sing essentially. Like, um, oh, what's his name? The guy who plays Joe. It was on Rent. Yeah, um, yeah. And he was Broadway. And like Grant Gustin and Melissa Benoist were both on Glee. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're all Broadway and theater kids. So it'll be they have the the talent. Yeah, and I mean it's not like it's the first series that's done. Xena did that. Buffy did that. Buffy pioneered it. Yeah, by the way, Buffy did I just it. Want to let you know because um, actually, I hate to break it to you, Xena did it first. I think Xena um, did. I think Xena did do it first. Xena oh, did it first, but Xena did, did it in a way that was nonsensical. Mm-hmm. There was no, <laughs> there was no reason for people to sing, which was fine, but. It was not. It was. It was a completely different thing. Like they just did a musical. It just happened to be a musical episode, as opposed to Buffy, where you know it was part of the plot. Yeah, some kind of curse or something that made him do that. Yeah, uh, gr- it was a demon. Yeah, and gr- some kind of curse. You, <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> just like as someone who has watched this episode in the past six months. It was a demon. I'm like, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to mess up your your uh, Buffy trivia with with, with John and HD on the line. <laughs> yeah, um, Grey's Anatomy did a musical episode a couple of seasons back too. You know, it, I, I, it's something that well, there, was was it part of the plot or just happened to be a musical? It was one of the characters had slipped into a coma, and you were mm-hmm. watching some kind of a fever dream that they were having. You know, so. gotcha. But I, I think every show does something like this the further into its run it goes. But it's kind of surprising that The Flash and would be doing it in, in, in Season 3. But with the people that are behind it, uh, I, I can get behind it. You know, it'll it, it'll just be something fun that'll be like a like an extra thrown in there. I'm, what I'm really looking forward to is the, in The Flash is seeing how they handle the whole uh, uh, Flashpoint paradox that they kind of hinted to in the finale so looking forward to seeing right. how they how they handle that since they well i mean superman is going to be on supergirl this year um and superman is part of the flashpoint series so i guess they could use him but batman is not so i don't know i don't know how they're going to work it out because i don't see them really doing a whole blending of all four of the series together into one storyline just because there's a lot of people out there that watch the flash that don't watch arrow that'll be lost. But wouldn't that, wouldn't that be why they would do it? 
Wait, hey, you yeah. Know, the, the problem to, is like to, like for people onto watching a show they would normally watch to continue the. They've crossover. also already done tons of crossovers too. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I understand that. I'm just saying that I don't think that we're going to go back to season five of Arrow and all of a sudden they're going to be in an alternate timeline because of something that's going on in the Flash. Oh, right, right, right. Because yeah. the problem is like like for me, I watch Arrow very sparingly i don't want i don't watch it religiously and i really don't know what's going on on it but i watch the flash every week so i watch their crossover episodes and there's enough they tell enough of what's going on to where i can follow that week's plot but if if i was watching arrow and i was a fan of arrow but i didn't watch flash and then all of a sudden i tune in for the season five premiere and everything's different because flash did something I think it would it would really confuse me. So I I just don't see them uh, blending it that much. I know they're going to have a crossover episode. I don't know if they'll cross over all four in in one show or if they'll do a couple of separate crossovers where they just do a couple of the shows at one time or something like that. I don't know. Well, I don't work for CW. We'll just have to see, <laughs> have to see what they do. But that's all I've got. It's late. <laughs> it's early. Yeah. I was like, the only, the only like um, fall stuff, you know, aside from those superhero shows. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, the Man in the High Castle returning. Um, and again, like a standard Walking Dead. I want to see that. And once upon a time, I just, I don't know, man. Like for the past three seasons i think i've been like you know i might be done with it this season but then they kind of they pull me back in i don't i just yeah i, I never really got it. I, I tried to get into it um watching some of them on netflix but the problem with network shows it's easier to catch up on some of the cable shows when they've only got 12 Ten 16 episodes, episodes. Network shows that have 25 episodes a year, it's hard to binge watch that because it's like I want to catch up on Arrow, but there's four seasons worth, there's like 80 something episodes that you have to watch to catch up, you know, so it, it, it looks like a, like a big ordeal to be able to catch up on stuff like that. So that's fair, but just devil's advocate, did you not just rewatch all of these Space Nine? I did. I'm well. I'm watching it. I'm watching it. Yeah, that's true. Right. That's true. You, gotta, you can make the time. And but, but you know, and, and in my defense, there have been a few of the episodes that I've skipped. Just <laughs> <laughs> like you know, if wishes were horses, with a head rumple stilt skin in it, you know, I, I skipped that one. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I. You know. I don't want to. I don't want to give any spoilers, but let's just say I don't have a problem with um, them reintroducing new stories like they did in the finale. I don't – I'm actually excited about that, that they're not just sticking to, you know, one type of fairy tale that they're bringing in this other stuff. What I don't like is – I'm trying to get out of stage without spoiling it um, – they basically reset a character who had gone through a seasons long uh, arc, and they're like, hey, "You know what? Let's just set them back where they were." And 
it was if it was something that was done to this person, which they easily could have done, I would have been okay with it. But the person decided to do this to themselves, which I felt was out of character from who this person has become. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, right, Ishii? Uh, I wasn't listening. Sorry. Oh, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's late. Let's call it a night. <laughs> yeah. High chance of sleep. No. <laughs> well, before we go, Hi uh, Shannon, have you got your assignment? Uh, did I get an assignment? Yeah. I oh, gave and do assignment. I assign things to you, or do you assign? No, things to me? we 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 assigned something to Christina in the last episode, and it's just you're going to have the same assignment. Where okay. you're gonna watch uh, Real Genius and uh, what was it? Raising Raising Arizona. Was it Raising Arizona? Have you seen Raising Arizona? I've seen bits and pieces of Raising Arizona. Yeah. So yeah. okay, all right, we'll do Raising Arizona. Yeah, and then uh, hopefully sometime in the next uh, few weeks we'll be able to get both you and Christine on the same episode, and we can kind of talk about it, and we'll assign you something else. <laughs> and we might let you assign us something too. So, all right. Well, that's uh, that's pretty much all I've got. So, um, I did not. You know, usually I have a script of everything that I'm going to say to close out the show, and I didn't write anything down. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, so hi, Chan. Thanks for being here tonight. Thanks for having me. And John, pleasure as always. Indeed, sir. And of course, you guys can uh, can find the show on iTunes. You can find us on uh, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, all that kind of stuff. Just remember, wherever you download the show from, make sure you leave us a rate and review so that we can help more people find the show. And of course, if you want to talk to us, you can find us on Facebook. We're on Twitter, and you can email us at mail at cosmicpotato.com. And We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.